0: It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh!
1: A jawbreaker!
0: It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Good morning, everyone. Welcome
1: in to another edition of Sports 56 Mornings. The Thursday, November 16th, 2023 edition to be exact. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their overstock sale continues. Help them clear out all their stock inventory and uh, get the savings while you're at it. Select patio sets up to 50% off. Play gyms under $2,000. Winter pool closings. Those items up to 30% off. Pool tables and game room deals and deals on saunas and massage chairs, arcades and theater seating. Just perfect. Just the timing can't be more perfect because Christmas and the holidays are just about here. It's Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. First hour of the program also brought to you by the East Memphis Ace Hardware. East Memphis Ace Hardware, home of the Big Green Egg. Coming up on the program today, we're talking plenty of Tigers SMU. The countdown is on, and today we get hot and heavy into the big battle Saturday, 11 a.m. at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Tigers head coach Ryan Silverfield will join us at 8.05. That'll be followed by the Tiger football report as we break it down. All the X's and O's, all the Jimmys and Joes that you need to know for Saturday's clash. 9 o'clock. Our show becomes the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. We'll be joined by Harold Grater. We'll have our world-famous Pick 6, where one of you will go up against one of us for some delicious Central Barbecue. First hour, we got uh, a number of different topics to get into, but we'll also have time to take your calls and texts at 901-360-8255. We'll talk some NBA. The Grizzlies will not return to action until Saturday in San Antonio, but there was some interesting happenings last night in the association we'll talk a little college basketball as well the memphis tigers return to the hardwood tomorrow night when they host alabama state we got some rulings from the ncaa as far as a couple of teams are concerned in college football also major league baseball the postseason awards continue to roll in we have the cy young award winners from last night and nfl news with the new week kicking off tonight The Bengals and the Ravens will have that game for you, starting with the pregame at 7 o'clock right here on Sports 56. Weather-wise for your Thursday, looks to be pretty nice. Currently 52 degrees, partly cloudy skies. We're looking at a high today of about 65, uh, partly cloudy skies, so that's pretty good. Tonight, cloudy skies. Showers later in the evening. However, the chance of rain just about 20%. We did get a A little bit of showers yesterday in the afternoon, a little bit earlier than they expected. But again, tonight, only a 20% chance with a low of 61. And then tomorrow, emerging sunshine and a high of 71 degrees. Should be a beautiful uh, Friday. and should be a nice weekend for uh, local football games, Friday night football, and all that good stuff. Eli, how are you today on this uh, beautiful Thursday morning?
2: I am fabulous. I was not happy, by the way, yesterday with the... uh, the, uh... Rain or whatever mist that came. Yeah,
1: it came in early right. too.
2: Came in to ruin my ruin my golf game.
1: Did it ruin it? It was that hard.
2: Well, no. It, I mean, it was just it was cold. It was then wet, and when you wear glasses, mist like that, right? Way. Not a good thing. Hard to see.
1: Yeah, I was um, I was driving around the uh, highways and byway byways of the Great uh, Mid South, and I well, what is this? It's raining. Here comes the windshield wipers on automatically. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I gave the forecast in the morning. It said not until the evening, about a 40% chance. So it came in a little bit earlier uh, than expected. But again, all in all, not not too bad. It wasn't one of those all-day downpour type events. And again, today and tomorrow, we're going to make up for it. Saturday looks to be nice, too, for the... Tigers football game, you know, put on an extra layer and uh, it, it shouldn't be that cold. It should be in the 50s, but man, oh man, it's going to be very, very nice sunshine for the big game on Saturday. And as I said, we have a lot to talk about as far as Memphis and SMU, which we'll get to uh, really in our second hour, as it's all pretty much uh, going to be about that game with Ryan Silverfield joining us. So last night in the NBA, oh, before we get to the NBA, we did get the ruling yesterday to nobody's surprise. The postseason waiver request by James Madison and Jacksonville State fell on deaf ears. It was rejected. The NCAA Division I Board Administration Committee made the final decision. They agreed with three other committees that rejected it. And again, the rule sucks. It's stupid. James Madison, I I would assume Jacksonville State as well. And I know Tarleton State was in there. Uh, they They were part of this. But... With James Madison, they have come out publicly and said they've met all the criteria in one year. Why should they have to be penalized for a second year? I understand that. The rule's dumb. But they signed up knowing what the rule was, knowing it was a two-year transition. So I can't feel bad for them. I do a little bit for the players. They don't get to play. Now, if there are not enough teams that are 6-6 and to become bowl eligible, then James Madison, Jacksonville State, could get the nod but it will not be a New Year's Six game, so the American Conference still looking pretty good right now, as far as that's concerned. I feel terrible for them. <laughs> I don't understand the whole thing.
2: They knew what they were signing up for. Well, they don't. They don't. There's not another option to sign up for it. Like they wanted to go D one. Like the, and this stupid rule is in place for them. Like they didn't have an option to sign up for. But that's why I don't else. feel
1: bad for. I mean, I feel bad for the players somewhat, but I. It's I'm talking about the school. The school made the transition. They know the rule of the transition. Now they're trying to we, break the rule. We
2: feel bad that if Michigan couldn't play in the postseason, but we don't feel
1: bad for James Madison, that's dumb. No, again, I feel for the players. I think the rule is stupid, but it is the rule. They signed up. Now, why should they change the rule for them? They they shouldn't change the rule just for
2: them. They should change the rule because the rule's dumb. That I agree. They weren't given an option to sign up for something else. They wanted to go Division One. They became Division One. They, they didn't have to go to Division A really one. good Division One program, mm-hmm. and they're not allowed to play in the postseason for some because of a stupid rule. I feel terrible for the players.
1: Well, it, I, again, it's it's not like it's hasn't happened before. The transition period. It, the transition period has been in existence as long as I don't know when they put it in when they instituted it. Yeah, they probably should get rid of it or make it a one year transition or do something to alter it. It's a shame. Again, I I do feel the same for way I
2: felt terrible for Bellerman's basketball team that couldn't go to the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. I feel terrible for the mm-hmm. James Madison football team that can't go to the postseason.
1: Well, again, as far as the situation with the New Year's Six representative, with James Madison being denied this waiver request, looks pretty good that the American Conference Champion will be in the New Year's six rotation and this year it will be the Fiesta Bowl. According to Jerry Palm, it's definitely going to be the Fiesta Bowl. So there is still a chance. As, look, I don't know what the percentages are. I don't know if you want to go out there and, and put odds on it, but Memphis is still in a position. While they certainly need help, but they're in a position to be in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take a lot, but they're they're in that position.
2: It's it's in front of them. They need a little bit of help. Um, they don't control their own destiny, but if they win out, they could very well find our way into a, a New Year's Six bowl game which would be really cool to get back to that position um you know get it's they've got to take care of their business and then hope that Tulane can uh knock off Texas San Antonio in that final game of the regular season but uh, and certainly that is a very realistic thing. It's not like they need crazy things to happen. They mm-hmm, they're in a, right. a position of things that will that could very well happen if they win out. Um, they they put themselves in that position.
1: By the way, as far as the schedule this week, UTSA, who's seven and three overall, but they're undefeated in the American. They will host South Florida. South Florida has a high octane offense, but cannot play any. Defense and UTSA is a 16-point favorite at home in San Antonio. Tulane goes to Florida Atlantic as a 9.5-point road dog. Tulane has skated by the last two weeks, edging out Tulsa by two and nipping East Carolina the week prior in Greenville. So it hasn't been easy for Tulane and obviously SMU Memphis where the line continues to be 8.5. The Mustangs a road favorite. Both teams are 8-2 and two overall. From the NBA, news off the court first, and that was the expected suspension for Draymond Green. I'm not sure how many games you expected, but it ended up being five, which will cost Draymond Green about $770,000. Klay Thompson, Rudy Gobert, Jaden McDaniels all fined $25,000 for their part in that melee in San Francisco between Golden State and Minnesota. But Draymond Green gets a five-gamer what do you think about that?
2: Uh, I think it's warranted. I mean, he is a guy who has the ultimate track record of dumb things on the court. And, I mean, that what he did to Colbert is just ridiculous, quite frankly. Just flying in there and grabbing him, and it wouldn't let him go. Dragging him basically around the court in a headlock. Um, I would have been fine with more, but at least five, maybe we'll send a message to Draymond um, that he can't be such an idiot.
1: Other than the possibility of Draymond hurting somebody with his antics, is Draymond Green, who's certainly one of the heels, if not the heel of the NBA, Zach Boyd, I welcome you into the show, our producer extraordinaire, is Draymond Green good for the game, is it good to have a villain?
0: Yeah, it's good to have a villain, but we don't need the villain, you know, choking somebody on the court. <laughs> we don't need wrestling moves. It's just that—that that was unnecessary,
1: man. That was unnecessary. I agree. But as far as Draymond Green being the villain, being a heel, isn't it good to have a couple of those guys in in any sport? Yeah, because
0: I mean, I mean, it's the same way with Dylan. Like you kind of you need that person to kind of go anti-hero on or anti-superstar. I agree. To kind of have that balance. Do
1: you agree? Eli, uh, Draymond, no, no, he's not good for the game. No, he's good for the Warriors. Had, yeah, he's a, he's a had good some pretty successful he's years. Not doing
2: stupid stuff. I mean, he he does a lot of good things as far as a on the court when he's actually playing basketball. But I don't look at. It's the same as Dennis Rodman. I don't. I never looked at Dennis Rodman as good for the game. I don't look at him as an idiot, and I don't think most of the antics have any place in the game.
1: See, I thought he was good for the game. I don't think David Stern liked him too much, but I think he was—I think he was good for the game. Again, I like those. I don't love those guys when they're, as Zach said, putting guys in the in the headlocks. But as far as just being the dude that everybody boos every time he goes to an opposing arena, I like that. I like having the heels. That's why. Wrestling is so su- is successful. It's not just because of the heroes, it's the heels. If you don't have the heels, you don't have the heroes. You have to have a, a mix of them. And I, I know you don't have to as much in basketball or football, but it's good to have those guys. I think everyone. Everyone's also while, fake. Yeah, I understand.
2: <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's still a show. Just and like it, movies, it's, that's nice to have the villain too. I mean, that's what well, it is. Well,
1: Yeah, but it's still the same kind of plot twist. It's still, even though one is real and one is fabricated, it's still part of the DNA of telling a story and it's entertainment and football and basketball is entertainment as well. And it becomes Melba toast. If it's just nobody's, nobody's playing defense. Nobody's laying out the other dude. Nobody's taking a hard foul. Nobody's committing a hard foul. You have to have a little bit of that as well. You have it in other sports. I don't mind it in basketball, but again, he, he goes too far. I, I would have been fine with a longer suspension, you know, a 10 gamer, Now, there's going to be people that are going to compare that to John Morant. And again, Draymond Green has done other things in the past. So this is not his first. But here you go. You got Draymond Green who's choking out a fellow player, and then Steph uh, Steph Curry, John Morant, who flashes a gun and then does it again and then gets suspended for 25 games. So, does the punishment fit the crime? That's always been a, a contentious subject when it comes to job because, well, he didn't break a rule, did he? No. He broke a rule. He, he, he broke made, a law. He didn't laws. break a law, that is I what I meant. He broke at. the NBA's rule. Of conduct, right. I, I, I meant a law. But, um, you know, <laughs> Draymond Green, that's assault, brother. Um, he's got a guy in a head in a in a, a uh, chokehold. So anyway, he gets five. John ja gets twenty-five. We'll hear that. We'll hear that comparison. I'm sure, uh, especially in this part of the world. All right, on the court last night, some interesting results, including Sacramento taking down the Lakers one twenty-five to one ten. In that game, LeBron James, who's now how old? Thirty-eight. Yes, thirty-eight years old. I believe it is has his 108th career triple-double. So I looked up MJ because I wasn't sure how many he had. I didn't think he had a lot. MJ had 28 triple-doubles. Now, I'm still an MJ guy. You're a LeBron guy, right? You still think Le- Do you think LeBron's the best? Never said that. Most. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, you're, so you're MJ. Mm-hmm. I'm MJ. Zach, you're LeBron or MJ? Uh... I'm I'm on the fence. You got to be I'm, no I'm you sure. can't be on the fence. You got to be one way or the you gotta other.
0: Got to be one way or the other. LeBron.
1: So may, maybe it's just a generational thing. For some reason I thought it was Eli that that loved um LeBron, but I'm trying to remember who it was that I had this discussion with. And look, it's hard to to debate it because you know, you have your own reasons why you think it's MJ. I have my own reasons why I think it's MJ. Others have great reasons why it's LeBron James. And there's no right or wrong. But triple-doubles are pretty impressive. And the guy has 108 of them. And MJ had 28 of them. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I've been...
2: I would not consider triple doubles at anything as far as that argument is concerned about how
1: great a player is. Well, why honestly. would you not? Why would you not? It's, we're not talking about free throw percentage. We're talking about scoring, rebounding and assists in a game. I just I
2: mean I just I don't like again, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double for a season. I don't that doesn't matter that much to me. Like, I don't think that doesn't make him, that doesn't escalate him up to the great player list because he did
1: that. Well, he's a hall of famer because of doing that, but he never got it done. Right. He never won a championship. Right. Russell, Russell Westbrook, at least LeBron's got championships. So, you know, there's, you can add that to the um, ammunition. If you are in that debate on why LeBron is better than Jordan. Again, I'm, I'm an MJ guy. But there's de- no denying what this guy has done, what he has meant to basketball, and at 38 years old is still playing at a high level. They lost the game by 15, but LeBron James goes for his 108th triple double, pretty amazing. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA last night, Milwaukee takes down Toronto one eight, 128 112 with no Giannis. They score 128, and that's because Dame went off 37 and 13 for Dame Lillard. He's still pretty good. Yeah, it's it's nice to know that. If Giannis is out of game, there's Damian Lillard. My gosh, Dallas beat Washington one thirty to one seventeen. Luka Doncic twenty six and ten. After Luka's complaints about the floor in New Orleans, was it for the end for the in season tournament? He was moaning and groaning about the color scheme and how it affected him. He had a horrible game two games ago, but last night had a big game.
2: Like I understand, like watching the game these courts are hard on the eyes mm-hmm. because mainly cuz like most of them are so like bright but from a player for I, don't, the Grizzlies. I don't know what from a playing perspective how you could care about what the court looks like how it will affect you
1: yeah i don't know i don't know if it affects but you but i never or played,
2: not. i've never played on crazy courts like that either so i don't know
1: well in baseball obviously they have the batter's eye they have to the, make sure that they have that that wall back there to give the batter a chance because um, if, if not, then the pitcher, which already has, who already has a great advantage, has that much more of an advantage. I don't know what it is as far as shooting the basketball on the same regulation size court, the same dimensions. You know, I always wondered when they played, when they started to play the NCAA tournament, the Final Four in the in the football stadiums, with the um, the depth perception, how much it would affect shooting. I don't know if there's numbers to support it one way or the or the other, but I think it's been pretty, you know, consistent. Where these guys may if they make shots in a little gym, they can make shots in a big arena. So I would imagine with the NBA that if it's purple color or if it's gray, you still should be able to do what you do. And he just had an off game and kind of blamed it on on that on the floor. That was two games ago. Again, last yeah, night. I I
2: understand like depth perception things, surroundings, the court. I don't you're not looking down at the court most.
1: Not while you're
0: shooting, I can tell you that
2: Like, I don't know why you'd ever really be looking down at the court. So it's, it's, I don't understand how the color of the court itself um, wouldn't matter
1: at all. Um, Elsewhere, last night in the NBA, you had the Suns, who were supposed to get Bradley Beal back, did not have Beal back, but they got Booker back. Booker and Katie, 31 each, and they beat the Timberwolves 133 to 115.
2: Yeah, they're still searching, um, and Minnesota has been really, really good. But um, I mean, Phoenix, when you got that many guys, like they're they're going to have those games, or they can just completely outscore you because you've got plenty of guys who can score the basketball, even without Beal. Even, even when you're missing one, when you're talking about Booker and Durant, you're talking about two of the premier scorers in the league. When Beal's there, we'll see what and how it all works out. I um, I still don't have a whole lot of High hopes for Phoenix, because I don't think it's going to completely work out part of it because of injuries and in those guys. Um, and, and we've seen that so far that the three of them have, um, have they played all
1: together yet? I don't think they have, have they? If they have, it's only one game, but I'm not um, sure if they have. But yeah,
2: it's, you know, last night, that's, that's impressive because Minnesota has been playing great basketball up until this point.
1: And then one other game I wanted to touch on last night was the Sixers and the Celtics. And they got the great rivalry in the Eastern Conference. So Boston last night plays Philadelphia without Jalen Brown and without Chris Tapp's Porzingis. And they still win on the road by 10, 117-107. to 107. Jason Tatum leading the way with 29. I wonder if it's going to be another one of those Celtics seasons where they just crush everybody during the regular season and then they falter somehow in the postseason. They made the move for Porzingis. That was the big offseason acquisition. Uh I mean,
2: they're they are that the East, you know, it would appear, um, would probably be them or Milwaukee. Um, but both very, very good teams. And um, yeah, Boston has has come up a little bit short, but they are still one of the Best teams there is, and when you've got Tatum and Brown, that's a good start. And Porzingis has been really good. They give them that kind of third weapon. Um, I would assume they'll be they'll be right there in the end once again. Who's the more vulnerable of those two with the
1: lineups that they have?
0: All healthy. I, I mean, I think, the most
1: I think I think vulnerable.
2: I think Boston is better than Milwaukee when mm-hmm. fully healthy. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Milwaukee's really, really good. I mean, you get those two in a seven-game series, it, it a bit of a toss-up.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else from the NBA you wanted to touch on? I think that's pretty much it. There were a few other games uh, in the association last night. But again, the Grizzlies do not play again until Saturday when they take on the San Antonio Spurs on the road. Grizzlies at 2-9 and nine on the season. Well, tis the season for expressing thanks to family, friends, and associates. So let Dinstal's Fine Candies and Chocolates create a sweet thank you for your clients and employees. From chocolate turkeys for your Thanksgiving table to cashew crunch and turtelettes for everyone to enjoy, Dinstal's can take care of all your holiday gift giving. So call today. Let them create sweet memories for you and for your holidays. You can go into any of their five locations and you can also have these great candies and chocolates shipped anywhere in the country. Check them out at Laurelwood. That's the new refurbished location. Germantown, Collierville, Pleasant View where they make the candies or downtown Memphis. Dinsles has made Memphis really one of the Chocolate capitals of the country with their fine chocolates and candies. And you can enjoy it, and you can have family and friends that are not from the area enjoy it, maybe for the very first time, by shipping those candies and chocolates to them. It's dentals. Dentals, they've been putting smiles on folks' faces for over 120 years. Get your Thanksgiving, get your holiday going, get your Christmas and your New Year's going with fine delectables from Dinstel's Fine Candies and Chocolates. Just underway on a Thursday. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5
0: FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio. We are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I
1: got a little change in my pocket going jingle lang, oh, Welcome back, everyone. 728 the, home, the Time, hour number again, one here on this way. Thursday, November 16, 2023. 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd. And we have a Well, we want to welcome a, uh, uh, not a a friend of the show or anything like that. In fact, I'm not sure if he's ever played here in Memphis, but we do want to welcome this guy to Memphis.
0: Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah. So much fun to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight. The nights. great Adam
1: Sandler in town tonight, like playing, playing at FedEx FedEx down, Forum. And while Hanukkah may not be here yet, it may end up appearing tonight. Who knows? I am excited to go watch this guy. He is one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll be there tonight. Looking forward to that. Should be should be fun. He's a good one.
1: He has a, uh, a lot of good bits. A lot of good bits. I don't know if we'll play the Hanukkah song, but uh, certainly uh, one of his all time greats.
2: Uh, we've got a text here on the Sports 56 Listener Line, 901 360 901 360 is the Sports 56 Listener Line, which you could call or text. Texter says, John Morant gets a 25-game suspension for actions uh, not illegal off the court. Draymond Green is a multiple, multiple-time offender, gets a five-game suspension. I can understand if it was his first rodeo, this is not even his second rodeo. Mm. This man has punched out teammates, cursed out referees, and he gets a five game suspension. I'm absolutely amazed. Also, there are pictures of him shooting guns at a range. LOL. And before you guys say remember this, we are a country with more guns than people. Yeah, again, I could I I I understand any argument. I will always understand any argument about Ja Morant suspension being too much when you don't break laws. I can understand about this not being enough for Draymond Green, who's done many different things on the court. Um, I, yeah, I don't. The thing with Ja, because to me, the, the almost the the fact that he's five and Ja's first suspension was eight. Which is more than this, because mm-hmm. the second part, like I assume, after the first incident when he met with Adam Silver, Adam Silver made it quite clear, like we are not going to accept this type of stuff, and if you do this again, you will it will be a very harsh penalty. And then he turns around and does it again, you know, what a couple months later. Yeah, I, look- so that one, the eight game suspension to start with, would be the one that. I, to me, you could even make more of an argument of how's that more than what Draymond Green gets for this situation.
1: Yeah, the 25-game the suspension was basically a, it was a spite suspension. I told you, and you told me right back, that you would be on the straight and narrow, everything would be fine. You told it to my face, and you threw it in my face. You lied to me. So Silver comes back as harsh as he could. I guess he could have been harsher, but 25 games is pretty bad. Draymond Green is getting a pass, and I told you there would be reaction, and there's going to be reaction all around the country. He gets a yeah five game suspension. I know he he loses almost seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. He's rich, but that's a lot of money. I understand that, but it's a five game suspension, and that texture is right. It's not once, not twice. He's always doing something always putting the the, uh, NBA in a bad light. And again, like I said, I think it's good for the league. I like some villains because you need the white hats and the black hats. It's not good for Adam Silver, but he, for some reason, doesn't really make a stand when it comes to penalizing this guy. Uh, Five games is nothing for Draymond Green. Now, again, I'm not going to go down the road with the guns and all that stuff like that. Again, I thought it was warranted. There were people that thought, John Morant should have been suspended for the entire year. But the 25 games was because he lied to the face of Adam Silver, the commissioner. But Draymond Green, I don't know if he's ever had a sit-down with Silver. Oh, yeah, I'll do better next time, boss. Yeah, I'll do better. He doesn't. That's who he is. And so five games, that's nothing. It's just like with the Harbaugh thing. You're trying to curtail blatant cheating, and you give... Harbaugh, which he, again, is appealing and will have the hearing tomorrow, a three-game suspension. Big whoop. Big whoop. So, again, I don't know why. I don't know why they don't come down harder on Draymond Green.
2: Uh, Max says, I wish us Grizz fans would stop the whataboutism. Is it possible that the NBA found a lot more on Ja after investigation and is protecting him?
1: (laughs) I don't 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 think so. But I I don't know.
2: You know, the other one brought up the fact. You know, Draymond pictures of somebody shooting, and that's the, that at the time. Like, so if if you are at a range shooting a gun, or if a guy's out hunting with a gun, but the NBA with the jaw situation wants to make it seeming like they're just. I think the problem they have with jaw is the kind of almost like. Carelessness of hey look at I got a gun type thing like 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 the guns aren't a thing like he's just kind of waving it around that type of stuff. If you are actually using the gun at a range or hunting or something like that, I don't. Know. It, it's a again it's said at the time. It's it's just it's a very weird situation for the NBA to deal with. It, you don't want your players out there again just waving guns around or whatever. um But again, it also is not illegal what he was doing. So you're there's a there's a line there that you're walking that is a it's a very it's a strange line that adam silver never had to deal with before because you don't have many of
1: these where guys are just odd video on social media um waving around guns yeah let's be honest here they look at that and they go is that gang related and that's the way they look at him draymond green at a shooting range or wherever he was or somebody out there hunting that's that's legal you know, and 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 as far as Jaws concerned, Jaws in a in an establishment. I don't think you're allowed to bring ball, uh, guns into the establishment, whether it was his gun or not. How did the gun get there? That's a whole other story. But he's inside a. A strip club, I don't think you're allowed to have guns in there, and he's got a gun inside, but I think it's because of the, they, they they look at that and they go, is he a thug? Is he a gangster? Is he a member of uh, uh, whatever? That's what the way they look at that. They don't look at it with Draymond Green. They look at it if he's out there hunting or, or somebody's at the range. They look at that completely different. Um, but again, maybe they shouldn't. With Draymond Green, he should get a, a steeper suspension than five games because he's done it over and over and over and over again. You know, Ja didn't hurt anybody on the court. He didn't try to strangle somebody on the court. He didn't try to punch somebody out on the court. He didn't hit a teammate in practice. You know, what what are we talking about here? I know it's two different things completely, but it just does seem that it was too steep to begin with with Ja, and the second one, the big one, the 25-gamer was because he lied. He said that he would be on the straight and narrow and then he wasn't and Silver took that personally because they met personally. I don't know again if Silver's ever even met face to face with Draymond Green. But he gets he gets away I would, I would with a lot. Draymond assume Green he has
2: at some point but I yeah, I don't I have no idea. And and I don't know what when the what is in any sort of Rules of conduct. I don't know what is told to players about guns to begin with. I don't know what kind of things you're um, told that are allowed or not allowed or anything as far as guns are concerned. Mm -hmm. um, Before you, you know, from the moment you get into the league and all of that stuff. I have no idea what is told to them that is acceptable or not acceptable when it comes to guns and or the use of guns.
1: Well, I bet nothing's acceptable. I mean, you have the right... At the, At the Constitution just, to own a gun. Well, and we just said
2: that if they don't do anything, people are out hunting or using them on the range. So there are acceptable uses of guns for players.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would think so because, again, it's it's a legal thing. I mean, you have the right to bear arms. You have a right to own a gun. Uh, again, with that situation with, with John, I don't know how much information they found while investigating it was the... Gun on the plane, was it his gun? How did he get into an establishment where I'm sure they do not want guns in the establishment? There's all kinds of things with that. And then he gets the 8-gamer, which is pretty steep, right? And then, of course, we know why he got the 25-gamer. But with Draymond, it's like Draymond's going to have to kill somebody before he gets a 10-gamer. Um, another
2: is a constitutional lawyer here. Um, I think guns and religion are both weird and don't participate in either, but they are completely legal rights. Uh, uh, this suspension is the same as punishing Jaw for voting. It's ridiculous. The domestic abusers are getting two games, and Jaw's camp has been so willing to accept this punishment. Yeah, again, I mean.
1: But the bylaws of the NBA, what's written in their, in, in their contracts with the players, their conduct rules and all that supersedes everything, doesn't it? Even yeah, though he legal, legal, the, I, the NBA has the right to everybody right. has the right to punish them through for through their anybody. contracts again, with the players our, and through the players that, association that's my agreement.
2: point I don't know what is told to players about guns up front like if they if you're not told anything about just having a gun or whatever then again I go back to the first suspension the second suspension again he was I'm sure at that point told you can't do this mm-hmm. but the first suspension if you're not told that anything about this you have to be told to bring a gun you're, into you're, a place you're suspended 8 games for just having a gun, right? Not using that in any way, but just having it. Okay, that's where I find it weird from the NBA's perspective. But again, I don't know. I don't know what they're told. Um, I have no idea what is in any sort of rules um, when they talk about conduct, all of that stuff from the
1: NBA's perspective. Yeah, I, I I thought eight games was too steep when it happened, but I'm telling you, it's if okay. I'm trying to think of an example of oh, I don't know. Let's say. Well, not using Draymond Green. Let's use a player that never got in trouble before, okay? And they own a gun. And they forgot. Let's just say they forgot to not put it in their suitcase as they went through their check before they got on their chartered plane. And you, and you go through that. I assume you, these NBA players have to go through what we do when we go with the Tigers, and you go through it, right? And they say, oh, I forgot the gun. All right, the word gets out. You know, uh, TMZ has the video where they've taken away the gun from Joe Schmo. Does the NBA suspend that player? And if they do, I guarantee it's not eight games. But with Ja, he's at a bar, he's at a strip club, he's throwing around the money, he's waving the gun. It's all about perception or what their perception is of that particular player. Their perception of Draymond Green is that he's not not running around – and, and um, not, not, not a mob, but a um, gang, right? He's not, he, he's just, he's a moron. He's an idiot. He does stupid things. But, you know, he's, he's our Draymond Green. But with Josh, ja, it's like, oh, God, what is he? is he? Is he running around now in a gang? Is that what he's doing? He's flashing this and all that. The perception. So they nail him with an eight-gamer to start things off. And then they turn around and everybody, again, knows the 25-gamer was because Silver felt deceived. He was lied to. He was told eye-to-eye to eye that he was going to not do it again, and he did it again.
2: Another text says, being responsible gun owners and operator is the difference. If you're operating a bulldozer and not operating in a reasonable manner, it's not safe. Again, I, But still, like, jaw holding up a gun in a video, is that not safe? Like, he didn't fire the gun. He just, he had it. Is that... Not responsible it's in a place, an establishment but, they, but they, they, with they, people they, but again, they, they did not press any charges like they said he was that was legal, right There was no law broken. They, they made that clear. the police investigated. no law was broken. It doesn't matter where the hell the gun
1: was because there was no law broken. they but, determined that. but the NBA must look at it as something could have happened. but the second one wasn't in an establishment. Oh, I understand that. that was all about silver. That was all about silver's ego right there. That one. That was all about you dare lie to me? I am the great and powerful Oz. That's what the second one was all about. That you have the audacity to turn around and do this again? On my watch? Nope, that's not going to happen. But Draymond Green... Turn around and let me see. Let me step on some dude's throat. Let me choke some guy out. Let me punch out a teammate. Let me do this. Let me do that. You want to talk to me? I'll talk right back to you. I don't care. The things he said. Draymond Green, five games.
2: And to go back to the one point that the Texter made, it it has always been weird to me that from the Players Association and Jaws' perspective, when they were given the 25-game suspension, that they did not appeal or fight that in any way
1: which one the second one
2: or the first one i, I didn't hear Well, you. both of them but the, certainly the the 25 yeah gamer.
1: why do you think they didn't i have no idea i don't i have no idea they so cut their losses with silver like let's not continue to harp on this i i don't know i want to say i want to say it might be an optics type of thing it's
0: like, oh, this is the second time that it's happened. Then it's like, well, we probably, if we try to appeal it, then that means people are just going to assume that we don't care about gun safety, I guess.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, then you have like, you know, the University of Memphis, they, they will appeal and then appeal again and appeal again. <laughs> Whether course. it's DeAndre Williams or whatever, they're going to keep appealing and appealing. But um, yeah, some just cut their loss right there. An optics thing, I think, is, is probably right on.
2: Uh, Raider Corey says, Ja is not a thug. and To be honest, it's a label that's very discriminatory. I hate and really despise that term. Draymond getting only five games with multiple offenses is ridiculous. Mass murder should be. Um, I don't understand what that one. Oh, sh- mass murder should be labeled that term as well instead of um, excusing it as mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: I don't, I don't." I don't
2: I don't buy that I, stuff. I don't know what defines a thug. I don't know even what the meaning of thug is or anything like that. But it's know. a
1: word that is used.
2: Yeah, I mean it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's used a lot. I, I have no idea. I I'd, I don't know if I don't know what a thug is if I see it because I don't know what I'm not sure what the thug, I, I think I don't know what the, the definition or uh, of a thug is.
1: Uh, well, a thug is somebody who I, I guess beats up other people, like that is you know overpowers people physically. Um, and Josh certainly not doing that. And again, the optics—we talk about optics. I guarantee you that the optics—the NBA is looking at it, going, "Oh man, maybe, he's, maybe he's hanging around bad people. Maybe he's in a gang and all this." Where Draymond Green is, nah, it's just—it's just dopey old Draymond Green doing stupid things again. We'll, we'll, we'll let him off lightly. It's Draymond, which goes back to again, heels, right, and heroes or heroes and villains. He's a villain and they need a villain. And so they're going to penalize him, but it's not going to be that much.
2: This side of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, or of White Station and Quince is where you'll find them. And. Where you'll find them is where you'll find the Big Green Egg and all the egg accessories that you can get with that. They've got all the different sizes of the Big Green Egg. They're a platinum dealer of the Big Green Egg. It's where I've got my Big Green Egg. And again, they've got all the different egg accessories to go with it. But uh, beyond the Big Green Egg and all the grills and everything else, so much more in there that you can find for any project you need to get done around the house. Folks at the East Memphis Ace Hardware have what you need to get it done. And if they don't have it in store, they can get it for you very quickly. I've done that before, ordered something. They got it just a, a day or two, and you've got what you need. They've got a great staff to help you find exactly what it is that you need and where it is in the store when you go see them at East Memphis Ace Hardware in the corner of White Station and Quince.
1: One final segment coming up in hour number one. We're going to talk about some Major League Baseball hardware that was given out yesterday. Coming up in hour two, we'll be very busy talking Tigers and SMU. Coach Ryan Silverfield joins us at 8.05. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us
0: at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. As expected, Padres pitcher Blake Snell
1: is the National League Cy Young Award winner that matches his American League Cy Young Award which he won with the Tampa Bay Rays. He got 28 of the 30 first-place votes, 204 total points. And uh, Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants, a distant second. Zach Gallon of the Arizona Diamondbacks finished third. And Spencer Strider of Atlanta finished fourth. Thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, it
2: was, he was the last month of the year, probably six weeks. Um, he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, barely gave up any runs. So um, he took control of the award, and uh, so no no surprise whatsoever.
1: In the American League, Garrett Cole ran away with it. From the Yankees, 30 first-place votes, so he got all the first-place votes. Sonny Gray of Minnesota was second. Kevin Gaussman of Toronto was third in the voting. National Football League, a new week begins tonight. The Bengals and the Ravens in the highly contested AFC North. Huge game in particular for the Bengals. The Bengals are sitting at 5 and 4. The Ravens lead the division at 7 and 3 and in between are both the Steelers and the Browns. Of course, the Browns got the bad news yesterday that Deshaun Watson's out for the year. Oh, by the way, I had said prematurely that PJ Walker would take over, but according to reports Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie from UCLA, will be the starter and then PJ Walker the backup. Cleveland's in a lot of trouble. Those two guys, I think, have a combined for one touchdown pass and six interceptions when Watson was out. But tonight, for Cincinnati, especially the way they lost last week, they really need to find a way to win at Baltimore. And of course, the the Ravens lost to Cleveland, so both teams are going to be hungry.
2: Yeah, both lost, you know, on last second field goals, um, kind of in different ways. The Bengals rallied to give themselves a chance. Um, get back in the game, whereas Baltimore looked like they had their game one and collapsed, Bloody Cleveland come back and win it. But uh, the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals are in last place in the division. They need to the win very, very badly um, as they try and figure out a way to you know work their way into playoff position, whereas Baltimore is still, even with a loss, would be still fine as far as playoff positioning and everything else goes. So certainly – a very important game for for Cincinnati and should be a really good game. I mean, these are two really good teams. Um, you know, we get two really good primetime games this week, or on paper, good games with this one, and then the Monday night game with the uh, Eagles and Chiefs. So uh, good to see some. We've had Monday. the primetime games have been generally awful football games Mm because nobody scores any points in primetime games. Hopefully this week with these two uh, matchups, we can get some good primetime football.
1: Baltimore's a three and a half point favorite. It's interesting. I keep hearing stories about John Harbaugh, since they're playing Thursday night, and his brother's team, the Michigan Wolverines, are in the area. They'll be playing in College Park against my Maryland Terrapins. that John Harbaugh will end up on the sideline. Of course, not coaching, but he'll end up on the sideline for Michigan. So there may be a Harbaugh on the sideline after all. Now, Jim Harbaugh has his, his little get-together tomorrow and uh, is expected to speak and speak his mind in the hearing tomorrow to see if uh, he'll be able to coach. Of course, he's right now in the midst of a three-game suspension, missed the game at Penn State. But let's say Jim can't go. John Harbaugh will probably be hanging around on the sideline, is what the report is, since he's got a couple of days off playing a Thursday night game. Right.
2: they've What's the family member that's on the staff at Michigan? There's a family. Is it? There's a family member on the staff.
1: Well, the father didn't he do something in the first three games?
2: I think there. I can't remember what, but there's. I want to say the father. There's. um, So there's. There's still other family there as well for John to.
1: Yeah, there'll be a hardball. Some one way or another, there'll be a hardball. Uh, Texans linebacker Denzel Perryman's three-game suspension for repeated violation of player safety rules was reduced upon an appeal, so he'll get a two-game suspension. Uh, James Thrash announcing that one, the former NFL wide receiver. So Perryman gets a two-gamer as opposed to a three-gamer. And when you only play 17 games, you know that adds up quickly as opposed to Draymond Green's five-gamer when you play 82 games. By the way, who do you think right now would be your top three in no particular order NFL MVP?
2: Um, I would probably have Hertz, um, McCaffrey. I, I don't know, he would be he would certainly be in consideration. Um, how about Goff? I would. I don't think I'd have him up there.
1: Now the talk is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud would certainly. I, I would be have in to that consider him. Now, what about what do you do with Kansas I mean, City?
2: Mahomes would still be mm-hmm. in that, certainly in that conversation. Tyreek Hill, I think, could be in that conversation, although they've lost some games, so that hurts as far as that is concerned.
1: Right. But you look at some of the guys that were talked about at the beginning of the year and even into a few games, Tua. Again, he's still Miami 6-3. and three. Miami makes a run, too. It puts up big numbers. He could certainly be in the conversation. Josh Allen, man, no way. I mean, not the way he's played, and the Buffalo Bills are 5-5. Five and five. Lamar Jackson, they've lost a couple. He, they're now 7-3, and three, but you would think that, again, they make a run and win the AFC North, that he can get some consideration. Even though Jacksonville leads the AFC South, Trevor Lawrence is not an MVP candidate, in, in, in my opinion. You mentioned Hurts. Is is Dak even in the peripheral? Yeah, he's in the peripheral,
2: but I wouldn't put he's not one of those top candidates. Right. Other than
1: that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, certainly gotta consider McCaffrey. I don't I don't think Purdy, even though he's he's been really good, but he a couple games when they didn't have Debo, he he was average. So I don't think him, you know, Cousins was having a great year for Minnesota and then he got hurt. That's pretty much the uh the, Oh, oh, how about um how about AJ Brown? Kind of a long shot.
2: Having a great year, but I think Hurts would be the guy on that team that would get way more consideration. Yeah, I agree. Folks, the Thanksgiving holiday is just a week away. If you're in charge of the turkey, you got to make sure you do a perfect job with that turkey. You don't want to disappoint the people of the family with a bad bird. Well, all the supplies you need, you can get at Memphis Barbecue Supply. At 7041 Stage Road. They've got everything you need to prepare that turkey, however it is that you're going to go about preparing it, whether you're smoking it, whether you're deep frying it, whether you're just putting it in the oven. They've got your brines. They've got your brine bags and buckets. They've got injections. They've got the injectors. They've got thermometers. They've got all those little things to make uh, to help you with that cook. Plus, especially if you're smoking it, they've got your charcoal. They've got your pellets. They've got all of those wood chunks and chips and mini logs and logs logs to get that perfect flavor on that bird for this holiday season and they've got a great staff to help you as well if you have questions about how to prepare that bird They could help you, Jimmy and the staff over there. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Um, As I mentioned before, the first year when I had my big green egg and was going to smoke a turkey for the first time, I went in there, asked Jimmy, hey, what do I need to do? How do I do this? How long does it take? All of these things. And he answered all my questions and hooked me up with what I needed to make sure that turkey came out perfect. Go see them again, 7041 Stage Road, online, mbbqsupply.com, Memphis, barbecue supply
1: real quick Ross Dellinger reporting that Oregon state and Washington state are inching close to agreeing to a two-year football scheduling alliance with the mountain West. The model would have mountain West teams play seven conference games and one game against Oregon state or Washington state, Oregon state and Washington state are close to agreeing to a two-year football scheduling alliance. So again, they're not talking about merging with the mountain West. However, in the deal, they would have a compensation package that would be available as a possible um, future merger incentive. So there could be, in the future, but it looks like next year, it will just be two teams that... Are they going to still call it the Pac 12? I mean, I don't even understand, but they're going to be playing basically a Mountain West schedule. It's, what? it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking at that going, are you still going to call they, yourselves they, the, the Pac 2? Is that what you're going to call yourselves? No, they're, they're, they're going to be the Pac 12. That's just. With two teams. That's crazy. When we come back, hour two, we talk Tigers SMU. Head coach Ryan Silverfield joins us next. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.